0: This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. There are only seven catch-and-release aquariums in British Columbia, and one of them is in Campbell River. The Discovery Passage Aquarium is also the first building dedicated for this purpose in British Columbia.
1: Aquariums are fun, and this job is very interesting and engaging, but it's all
0: a means to an end. Explained Ricky Ballinger, manager of the Discovery Passage, aquarium. We want to work so hard to change our relationship with nature
1: because in its current state it is, is unsustainable. It's dangerous to us in the long run. It's hard to get people interested in changing their ways if they don't know why they're doing it. So taking these animals out of their natural setting and doing our best to recreate their natural habitats in a captive setting. We can engage with them and learn about them while the animals are still in a comfortable setting. We're working towards healthier oceans. One of our goals is to work towards a world where aquariums aren't actually necessary. This is our 10th operating season. I believe the aquarium officially opened on June 8, 2013. I've been running the place for the last four and a half years. It's been my duty to collect animals, release animals, hire the staff, HR, all of that stuff since then.
0: British Columbia's first catch-and-release aquarium opened in Euclid during 2004.
1: I've been in communications with Philip Brooker, who was the founder of the Euclid Aquarium Society. I believe the Euclid Aquarium started as a pilot project, very similar to our own, a small building on the waterfront, collect animals in the springtime, release them back into the ocean in the fall. I think from the beginning, Philip was interested in exploring this new model. It was working and eventually got the motivation from the city, financial partners, investors to build the new facility. A year after that new facility was opened, A gentleman by the name of Mark Wunsch caught wind of all of this stuff happening. So Mark Wunsch purchased all of the assets for the old small building, the aquarium, for about $10,000, shipped it out to Campbell River, and then he formed the Discovery Passage Sea Life Society. They built the building, installed all the plumbing. We basically did a carbon copy of what Philip Brooker had started in Euclid with the idea that however many years down the road, we follow the same path where we upgrade our facility assets. We either sell or donate to another small community that's hoping to accomplish the same thing. This year, it's going to be between five and six months, depending on how the fall progresses. We're expecting much more interest from the public because COVID is seemingly on its way out. We have anywhere between 80 to 100 species. Among the ones that you come into the aquarium and see at a first glance, it's those little things that grow on the rocks, like the cup corals, the bryozoans, the tunicates, all of that stuff. When you start counting those up, the number of species that we have just gets higher and higher and higher and higher. We have Pacific salmon that we get from the Quinsome Hatchery. They donate 15 coho and 15 chinook per year. We have a giant Pacific octopus, which we collected by hand this year, by yours Julie. Her name is Raisin. The octopus husbandry can be a little bit more complex. We installed some water chilling infrastructure to make sure that the water didn't get too hot for her because we did have that issue during the heat wave last year. Beyond that, it's a myriad of crab species, Perch, rockfish, anywhere between 8 and 12 different species of sea stars, sea urchins. We aim to get one of everything. There are some species or some groups of animals that are much more difficult to care for than others. Every once in a while, we will bring in a challenging species and see how it handles captivity. If we do start to see the early signs of stress or for whatever reason we believe that it's not a good fit, then those animals get released prematurely. An example of that was a basket star, which is one of my favorite animals. It's a sea star that has five arms, but the arms actually split in two. So it's like this dendritic net of arms that they splay into the seawater and capture plankton to feed on. They're one of the most beautiful animals that we have in our area, but they are sensitive to warmer temperatures. Last year, we had it for about a month, and then we started to witness the early signs of stress, and one of our volunteers brought it back out to the reef it was collected from. There is a very strong... Emphasis and importance assigned to animal health and animal husbandry. I'd like to say that makes us unique, but it's the same at every aquarium. If animal health isn't the top priority, you're really not going to get very far because people go to aquariums to see healthy animals. Nobody wants to go to an aquarium and see unhealthy animals.
0: How do the sea creatures respond after being caged for six months?
1: That's an interesting question. We really don't know how intelligent some of these animals are. The ones that don't necessarily have a central nervous system, when you bring them into an aquarium setting, they don't necessarily change their behavior at all. They don't even know that they've left the ocean entirely. fish are quite smart and within a week's time, they will learn that food comes in certain forms and it usually comes from the top of the tank, that sort of thing. We assume that they are just as quickly able to reintegrate into the natural world as they were when they were taken out of it. If collect and release aquariums operated on the same scale as say like the recreational salmon fishery, it would absolutely be worth investigating but to draw a couple parallels, every salmon hatchery on the island releases animals that were born and raised in a captive setting. And the, the success and the productivity of hatcheries speak for themselves. Animals removed from the ocean for about six months at a time and released probably have far less to learn than a juvenile salmon being released into a river system for the first time. We have a mix of staff and volunteers. Virtually everybody in the green vests during any time between 10 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. are paid staff. But as soon as we hit 4.30 p.m., we've actually extended our hours with the assistance of aquarium volunteers. We have one volunteer supervisor slash coordinator who runs the till of the major operations, while we bring in a bunch of volunteer interpreters to talk about the marine life and show guests around It's a great way to have extended our hours, reach more people, and offer professional development opportunities for youth, young adults, seniors, anybody who maybe is looking for a little bit extra something to do over the summer. What do you plan to do next? When people think of the Discovery Passage Aquarium, they think of the... Large shack essentially at the base of the Discovery Pier, but that isn't the fullest extent of our organization. Right now we are sitting in what we call the Discovery Passage Explorer Lab, where we host summer camps, school programs, community groups. Sometimes we just open it up for a by-donation nature house style event. And over the winter, we are going to be focusing on raising awareness and excitement about this space that we do have over here across the parking lot from the aquarium. We can't actually operate in this space over the winter because the aquarium does get fairly cold. We plan on actually maintaining a small collection of our animals from the Discovery Passage Aquarium. Particularly the intelligent ones or the ones that have maybe learned a little too much about life in captivity. We're going to continue on with our education and our programs and our ocean literacy searches. Over the next five years, we have entered into discussions with potential funders and government bodies about the possibility of expanding the size of our aquarium to something not necessarily as big, but on a comparable scale to what they do in Euclid, finally fulfilled that goal of a permanent, well-polished facility. That would be our big dive into sustainable economic drivers for the region. At this point, we're open to all sorts of ideas and quite excited about all of them. Those are long-term goals. One of the other things that we'd like to do is use the aquarium as a focal point of conservation, whether it's surveys through citizen science. We have the facilities to do a little, little lab work here and there. We have been surveying sea stars around Campbell River to assess their populations and their health for a couple of years. So we'd like to do more of that We do currently have a second permanent full-time staff member, or semi-permanent. We are currently searching for funding to keep this person employed indefinitely. My role is going to stay as mostly an administrator slash manager, curator for the aquarium, while Shauna, who is our new hire, she is going to be taking up a lot more community events, citizen science and educational programming in the
0: Explore Lab. You've been listening to an interview with with Ricky Elanger, manager of the Discovery Passage Aquarium in Campbell River. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.